great time of worship and prayer together. All right? How many are now ready for God's Word? We got all the incidentals out of the way. Just a couple minutes, I'm going to read from Matthew 13. We're doing a combination of messages, a group of messages. We're calling this Things That Matter. It's not a series on the same topic. Each message is really a one-off message. But this week, I want to talk to you about spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. For a lot of people, they say, well, that's not a very exciting topic. This is a good and important topic. And I want to open my heart and share some things that God's dropped in my heart the last few days. But when we start talking about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is about my personal relationship with God your relationship with God it's not about religion it's not about comparing ourselves to other people it's about my personal relationship with God my walk with God and the thing that we as believers must understand our walk with God should never end therefore our spiritual growth should never end as long as we've got breath in our lungs God wants to be working in us and through us and what I'm going to be sharing this morning is not so much my personal thoughts I'll have a few thoughts that I throw in but most of what I'm going to be sharing about spiritual growth is the teaching that Jesus gave us about spiritual growth now Jesus had a lot to say we can't cover it all in one message but today I want to focus on one basic story that Jesus gave us about spiritual growth a story that encourages each one of us to continue our growth and our relationship in him. So what I want to do first of all is read this story that Jesus gave us. Look at Matthew 13. We'll read the story and then later on we'll read the explanation of the parable or the story. Matthew 13 beginning at verse 3. Then Jesus spoke many things to them in parables saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. Now pause here just a moment. In biblical terms, in biblical days, when a sower went out to sow in his field, a farmer went out to put his seed in the ground, they didn't have the machinery we have today with the exactness and the measurements. What a, a farmer would do is go up with a sack of seed and he would reach into the bag of seed and he would scatter as he went the seed in all directions. And as it was scattered, the wind blowing and with the elements and so forth, it might fall where he wanted it, it might not. But he would scatter the seed, and even if it fell in places where he didn't want it, he would leave it because it was too much trouble to go back and try to pick up all the individual seeds. So Jesus said, a sower went out to sow. Verse 4, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside or the roadside, and the birds came and ate the seed. Verse 5. Some seed fell on stony places or on rocky ground, rocky soil on top of rocks, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up. But because they had no depth of earth, when the sun, verse 6, when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Then verse 7, Jesus said, some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with the plant and choked them. Finally, verse 8, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. In verse 9, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Interesting line, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What is Jesus saying? Well, in the next few verses, we won't take time to read it because it's a little out of the story of what I want to cover today. But in the next few verses, they asked Jesus, why do you tell so many stories? Why do you use parables so much? Jesus really said, the reason I use parables is to hide truth from those who don't have ears to hear it. Some people really aren't concerned about knowing the truth, so it goes over their heads. They never comprehend it and take it in. So Jesus said, I tell stories, and those stories will help you understand, but it hides the truth from others. So this morning, what I'm going to share with you, let me preface it with this. He who has ears to hear this, let him hear. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to listen to what Jesus has to say. Now, in this story that we just read, there are four pictures that are given to us. Four pictures that really show us 
different levels, experiences, places in our spiritual growth. So we're going to look at all four of these pictures. But before we get into it, let me give you three things about this story that I think are really important. Number one, the first thing is seed. Jesus said a sower goes out, a farmer goes out, sowing his seed, throwing his seed so that it will settle in the soil. Seed. Seed is really important. For every believer, seed is important. Your life, every day that you're living, you are doing things that are sowing seed into your future. If we do nothing, there's nothing beyond this day. If we do things and the things that we are doing, they are sowing seeds, building, creating the future that's in front of us. It's, same, it's the same principle. It's true in spiritual things. There is seed that God has for our life, and the seed is important, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to show you something about seed, two things really. Uh, when I usually talk about seed, I'll bring in an acorn with me. Where I used to live until a few months ago, behind the house, there were three of these large California oaks. I don't know the correct name for them, but they grow up in the foothills there. They become huge trees. They live 150, 200. Some of them, they say, might be 300 years old. They're huge. They're amazing. And we had three of these big trees right behind our house, and the limbs were hanging over our patio. And at certain times of the year, you could go out in the patio, and there were just acorns everywhere with this sticky little oil that would hold them to the ground, hold them in place until they could sprout and begin to grow. So at that time of the year, I was always cleaning the patio and picking up these acorns, getting rid of them. But here's the interesting thing. If you pick up that seed, that acorn, and you look at it, a seed, number one, has amazing potential. Because everything needed to create that huge tree is right there in that seed. Everything you need to grow that huge California oak tree, all of it is contained right there in that seed. It has amazing potential. But the second thing about a seed that we want to look at today is a seed also is powerful. It's powerful. Because if you will just pull back the dirt, put the seed in the ground, cover it up, and make sure it gets a little bit of water, it is so powerful, itself will grow and it will create that oak tree. If you plant a kernel of corn in the ground and take care of it a little bit, give it some water, it will grow a stalk with several ears of corn. It's amazing the potential and the power that lies within a seed. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like to a mustard seed, which is a tiny seed. But he said, once it's put in the ground and it grows, it can, can be a, a nesting place for everything that dwells in the earth. And what we need to understand is God works in our lives by giving us seeds, and then he asks us to take care of the seed he gives us. Now, the second thing in this story, after the seed comes the explanation. What is the seed? Jesus said the seed is the message of the kingdom of God. It is the word of God. So I want you to do something with me. If you've got a Bible or maybe you've got a phone there or an iPad, whatever it might be, you've got something there that's got the scripture on it, just hold it up for a second, okay? If not, uh, the verse isn't on the screen. Don't worry about it. Just hold it up for a second. I want you to realize this is seed for my life. It's seed for my spiritual life. When Jesus gives this parable, what he's teaching them is the word of God is seed for your life. If you use it correctly, it will develop the future that it promises in God's word. So God's word is seed. And then the third thing he talks about, he talks about soil. The soil in which seed is planted. In this picture, he gave us three or four different, four different pictures, but there's really three or four different kinds of soil involved here. So we're going to walk through this real quickly this morning, and we're going to understand these four pictures. Picture number one, skip down to verse number 18. We're still in Matthew 13, verse number 18. Let's look at the first picture Jesus gives us. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Jesus says, let me explain it to you. Verse 19. When anyone hears the word of God but does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Now, I, I want to talk about this for a couple minutes. 
Jesus said there are people whose hearts are like the pathways where people travel. The word wayside means roads. In our instance, it might be Calistoga Road out in front of the church. It might be Myriad of Hot Springs. But for most of us, it's more like Winchester Road and the 15 Freeway. Okay? It is congested. It is busy. It is dangerous. you got to pay attention. And it's a path that takes us somewhere. Jesus said a lot of seed, a lot of the Word of God gets sown around us, and we are on a busy pathway, and we never comprehend what is being sown into our lives? So as a result, Jesus said there are birds that come. In the explanation, he said the wicked one, Satan, the adversary of our souls, he comes in and he snatches the seed and he takes it away so that it cannot produce in our lives. Now, what does this really mean to me? Well, I mentioned the, the busyness of the roads around us. I think really... The pace of life around us is so crazy that sometimes we have a very casual attitude toward the things of God. You know, you can hear God's Word on the radio in your car. You can watch it on television. There are, there are ministers on TV teaching. You can go on the Internet. There's written materials everywhere. All around us, the Word of God, the seed of the Word is going out. But oftentimes we are going so fast, we never take time to slow down and understand what's going. We don't get the seed into our hearts in good soil. And as a result, the enemy comes in and takes it away, and we never have a chance to put it to work in our lives. Jesus said that's one of the levels of spiritual maturity. Now let me just say this. If I have no word in my heart, if I have no understanding of God's word, I will not draw closer to God. I will become farther from God because I will be in a place of religion where all I do is try to fall into a form of, well, this is what I think God is and that's what I think God does because I don't know and understand the truth of God's word. You see... We need to understand, when God gave us his word, there were really three main things he was trying to do. Number one, he was trying to tell us who he is and what he's like. Number two, he was trying to tell us who we are in him as we follow him. And then number three, he was trying to tell us what life will look like if we walk with him and how we can walk through life with him. So if we don't have God's word, that seed in our hearts, it doesn't shape our lives. And as a result, well, yeah, I believe there's a God out there. Well, what do you know about him? Well, I don't know much except for what my grandpa told me and what my dad told me and what my brother-in-law told me and what I heard from my buddy. How many of you know that sometimes your family and your friends aren't reliable when it comes to God? See, we need to know for ourselves who God is, who he says we are, and what he wants to do in our lives so we can pursue those things. You know, when I, years ago, a couple different occasions, I had a situation where my front yard was just not doing well. So I went out and raked it and broke up the ground some, and I, I planted seed. Now, most of you just buy the marathon on the rolls and just roll it out, and there's your front yard, okay? But ha have you ever put down dirt and, and fertilizer in your front yard and put seed down? You ever done that? I've done that a couple times, and I don't want to do it anymore, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I've done it a couple times, and here's what was crazy about it. I got the seed out. I got it all covered up with fresh dirt, started watering it, and the next morning I went up and looked outside and I was wondering, well, how fast is this grass going to grow? And you know what I saw? I saw birds all over my front yard eating up all the seed. It happens. Birds love seed. Jesus said there's an adversary to our souls who wants to come in and steal the word of God before it can work in our lives. So when we receive the word of God, when we hear it, we need to take it seriously and draw it close and begin to apply it to our lives. 1 Peter chapter 2, let me give you a little hint what you can do if you're struggling with this. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As a babe desires milk, we need to desire the word of God as spiritual milk. You know, I've, I've raised a couple of boys. I know about this. You give them milk when they're babies, and they will grow. 
Okay? You give an adult the word of God and they get it in their hearts, spiritually, they will begin to grow. It just happens naturally. But you know, one of the things that happens, if we're just listening to people's opinions, you may not be getting the word of God and the milk of the word. You may be getting Coca-Cola. And I promise you, Coca-Cola isn't nearly as good for you as milk. Now, did you not know that? Y'all are so quiet this morning. I thought everybody knew that. I mean, it, it, it's just not the best thing for you. Some people even say you shouldn't drink it, believe it or not. For those of us who are raised around a gas station with the key to the Coke machine, that's bad news. Like me. But I'm, I'm trying to get off it. Heading back to the milk. Where I need to be. But the point I want to make this morning is, we need to have a desire for God's word. I need God's word. I've been walking with God a lot of years, but I always have a hunger and a desire for God's word. Why? Because it makes me strong. It moves me through life. It works me towards the goals. It moves me on to become everything God said I could be. I need the word of God. Number two, the second picture. Look at verse 20. Jesus says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, this is really a picture of, of a person who's anxious. They just really opened their heart to God and God's working in their life and they're really excited and so they begin to get the word of God but they've not yet got their heart in a place to really use that word correctly. And here's what Jesus said happens. It's like putting the seed on top of rocks. You know, you put a seed on top of a rock and it's going to sprout immediately. But when the sun comes out, that seed can't get its roots into the ground because it's on that rock. And when that happens, the sun that comes out, that's supposed to bring life to that plant, the sun will actually scorch it and kill it because it can't get its roots down into the soil to get the nutrients. Jesus said sometimes people hear the word of God and they receive it and they want to grow but there are things in their lives that need to be moved out of the way to make room for the word to work in us. Now, if you've been here very long, we don't preach legalism here. We don't give you a thousand rules and regulations. But the Holy Spirit and the word of God will show you when there are rocks in your heart. He'll show you when there are things in the way. And you'll know the things that you need to move to make room for God to work. Jesus said this person wants the life of God and wants the benefits, but doesn't understand what the new life and the walk with God is all about. They've heard certain things, but they've not heard the foundational things of who Christ is and who he wants to be in our lives. And then he goes on, Jesus made this statement. He said, in time, tribulation and persecution come because of the word of God. Now think about that. Can I just tell you, if you commit your heart to Jesus and you begin to follow him, somebody's going to have something to say about it. Somebody's going to say something trying to offend you. Somebody's going to say something trying to get you to give up on it. Somebody is going to bring some persecution into your life. It just comes with the word. You tell somebody, man, I gave my heart to Jesus. You did what? That's a bunch of nonsense. You can't believe that. And then they'll start ranting and raving. It may come from family, friends, somebody at work, a neighbor. Somebody's going to bring some persecution your way. And Jesus said, if you don't have your roots into the ground, that can dry you up and scorch you and cause you to stop following Jesus. But he also said, tribulation comes because of the word. Challenges, trials come because we put our faith in Jesus, we're following him, and all of a sudden the enemy wants to see, are you sure you want to follow Jesus? And situations become our way, and we have to make decisions. Am I following Jesus or am I going to go my own way? And a lot of people will decide, I can't handle the heat, so I'm going to get out of the kitchen. You know why you can't handle the heat? Because you don't have your roots into the ground where the moisture is. You need to build your life on the Word of God. Now, I, you know, like I said earlier, this is not about, you know, 
my ideas and my own personal teaching, but I got to tell you something. I know that when you don't know the Word of God, you start saying, well, well, I thought this, and well, well I thought that. Well, I, you don't need to have thoughts. You need to have ideas of knowing what the Word of God has said. You need to have fundamental foundational principles that this is what God's Word says, this is what I act on, this is what I build my life on, and if I will do this, God will be God in my life, and God works it all out right. He knows what He's doing. But we've got to get our roots into the ground. Now, let me say this. If you're a newer believer, and we've got a lot of them in the church, or you're someone who's believed in God, but you haven't really followed closely and really got into the Word, let me encourage you, start reading your Bible. Start coming to church regularly and hearing good teaching. You need it. When you read the Bible, open your heart. When you hear the teaching of God's Word, embrace it. Now, I don't... This message today, it's real straightforward. It's about spiritual growth. It's not a game. It's not candy canes and, and lickamade. It's not what it's about. It's about us embracing Jesus and growing in Him. So I want you today to grab, grab the Word of God and say, I want to commit my life to growing in Jesus. Adjust your life to line up with God's Word. Don't do it the other way around. Don't try to adjust God's Word to line up with your life. Do it correctly. Adjust your life to line up with God's word. And you know, James 1.21, or verse 22, I think it is, says, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You know, one of the greatest things you can do is say, you know what? In all humility, I just don't know very much, but I want to learn. It's amazing what happens when you admit to God, I don't know much, God, but I want to learn. Teach me. I come to church with a humble heart. I don't know a lot, but I want to learn. There is no shame and no embarrassment with not knowing a lot. The shame and embarrassment comes when we don't try to learn more than we know. We need the seed of God's Word. And by the way, let me just throw one last thought in here. I cannot accept Jesus and reject His Word. Because they're one and the same. He is the Word. He is the message of God. He is the Son of God. He came to show us what God was like. So if I accept one, I have to accept the other. Number three, third picture. Seed sown among thorns. Look at verse 22. Now he who receives seed among thorns is he who hears the Word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word and he becomes unfruitful interesting picture jesus said there's seed that is sown but as it begins to grow there are thorns growing there there are weeds growing there things that aren't supposed to be in the garden and he said over time as those thorns and weeds grow they choke that plant where it is a plant it is alive but it never produces what god created it to produce now stay with me a minute here remember the seed has what it has potential and it has power everything the word says can come to pass in my life the potential the power is there but jesus said if there are thorns growing in our lives they can choke up the word so the seed cannot finish the work that it started now i think a lot of believers live here. We're committed. We're alive. We've got, the, the, we've got the, the roots down. We've got a stem. We've got a few branches. We've even got a handful of leaves. But there's so much going on choking us around us that we cannot become all that God says we can become. And this is an important truth. You know, Jesus said we're known by what? You're known by your fruit. You're known by what your life produces. Doesn't matter what I say I am, people know me by what really is produced in my daily lifestyle. You're known by your fruit. And Jesus said there are a lot of people that will grow to a point, but they stop there and they stop producing because they're not taking care of the soil where the seed goes. There's two things that Jesus talked about. 
First, he said there are the cares of life. The word cares really means distractions. Is there anybody here besides me who can lift a hand and say, boy, sometimes I get distracted from following Jesus? It's part of life. There are distractions everywhere. Some of them we create for ourselves. Some of them just happen on their own. Some of them the enemy throws our way. There are always going to be distractions, things that the enemy will use to get our attention off of what God says about us and what God says he wants to do. There are always going to be distractions that tell me, no, 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 go this way and do it this way. Don't worry about any of that. Just do it this way. Ignore what Scripture says. Friend, you can't ignore the Scripture and get the blessings that the Scripture promised. It doesn't work that way. It's a part of spiritual growth. And, you know, I talked about this back in January, and I don't want to go back and re-preach it, but I, got, I just got to fill this in today. Talked about the 15 freeway and Winchester Avenue. You know, certain times of the day, they're impossible to move around. Our lives sometimes get so busy doing so many things that the only thing we have time to cut out is God's Word. It's true. Some of us are so busy. You spend two hours on the freeway going to work. You work your eight or nine hours. You come home. You got two more hours on the freeway. You get home. You're dead tired. You got to run the kids here. Got to run the kids there. Got to take care of this around the house. Got to do that. And if I can get six hours sleep, I'll get up and do it again tomorrow. We live our lives that way. Then weekends roll around. We run crazy Saturday and Sunday, running here, running there, taking care of this. We take care of everything except the spiritual man. Because that's the way the enemy wants to wire us. He wants to wrap me up with everything that's temporary and cause me to ignore the things that are eternal. I need to make room and place for the Word of God. Let me, let me ask you a couple questions. When the Word of God conflicts with your busy lifestyle, which one wins? Well, let me ask this one. Jesus said there's a second thing we struggle with. It's the deceitfulness of riches. It's the idea that if I can just get a little bit more and have a little bit more, and if I can get to this number in the bank account, or if I can have this in place here, 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 everything's going to be okay, and I don't have to worry about life anymore. Jesus said riches are deceitful. They lie to you because money will answer all things, but sometimes money's the wrong answer. A bribe is a wrong answer. Using money to get something that's not good for you is the wrong answer. And sometimes we get so busy chasing money that we think, man, I got to have this, I got to have this, got to have this. And we don't get balance in our lives and balance in our home and balance at work. And then we don't get balance with God and all of a sudden things start unraveling. We say, what happened, God? And God says, you've ignored the truth of the word because you're chasing the almighty dollar. And everybody said, Amen. It happens. It happens. Let me ask this question. When the Word of God conflicts with your pursuit of wealth, which one wins? Which one's winning? See, I've learned through the years, especially in church, we can look like a plant that's alive and doing okay. We look like we're in good shape. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes our lives are bearing no fruit. And we're the last ones to know it. Everybody else around us knows it. But we don't see it. We don't recognize it. Because we've gotten so caught up with other things. What can we do? James chapter 1 tells us, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if I'm only hearing it and I'm not doing it, he says, I'm deceiving myself. See, God gave us seed not just to be heard, but to put to practice, to work out in our daily lives. To hear the word means to intentionally and purposely hear the word of God. He said you got to intentionally, purposely listen to it and let God speak to you. See, here's something that you'll hear occasionally. Zach says this all the time, but we say it around here in different settings. As you're reading the Word, the Word is reading you. It's showing you where it fits in your life, how it needs to make adjustments. 
So we need to be in the word. And, and then the, the second thing, we need to be hearers and then doers. To be a doer means to put it all together, to understand it, and act on it accordingly. Can I tell you how to turn your life around, your spiritual life? Can I tell you how to turn around really fast? Come here on Sunday mornings, hear the teaching of the word, walk outside and say, okay, how do I put this to work in my life? And make a decision to put it to work before you leave the premises. I promise you. If you can't do that, ask your spouse. They'll help you do it. They can tell you exactly where the word of God needs to work in your life. Let God's word work. And you know, when I was a kid, I talk about my background now and then. I went to a very legalistic church growing up. And back then, the tradition was, really until a few years ago, the tradition was on Sunday, we got up and we put on our very best. Even as a kid, I'd wear a, a little suit to church, you know. Looked like a little kid out there with the organ grinder getting, <laughs> getting the money, you know. From the, uh, we'd, get up, we'd wear our very best on Sunday. We didn't have much, but whatever the best thing was, that's what we wore to church on Sunday. And we'd get up and we'd go to church and everybody was wearing their best. The, the men had on their suits and ties and their shoes were all shine. The women had their nice dresses and some of them were wearing hats. It looked like Easter Sunday every Sunday, you know. It's kind of like that at church. Because what we did was we went to church. It's God's house and we need to honor God and we need to look like Christians. The problem was we didn't look the same Monday through Saturday as we did on Sunday. You come to church and you look just right and you fit in because you look spiritual. Some of you say, well, you're wearing a jacket today. I, I am. That's because I want to look spiritual. All right, it's working. <laughs> At the same time, let me throw this in. I'm also wearing jeans, so that makes it a little more casual. But here's my point. You can look one way, but over time, people figure out what kind of fruit you're producing in your life. And if we don't tend to the weeds... We can look spiritual, but all it is is religion. We need to be in relationship with God. Over time, you're either growing fruit or you're growing weeds. And it all depends on what you do with the soil of your heart and what you do with the seed that God sows in your life. Number four, the last picture. Look at verse 23. Jesus said, but he who receives seed on the good ground, good soil, plowed soil, broken up soil, is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Produces what? Produces what's in the seed. Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. This is really the picture of what Jesus says you and I can become. Can I go one step beyond? I, I love you. This is the picture of who we are. Some of us say, well, I'm working on it. You're moving towards it. This is who we are. Plants with the life of God flowing through us, producing his nature and his fruit in our lives. This is who God called us and gives us the ability to be. We hear God's word, we nurture it, and it produces fruit in our lives. You know, when you talk about spiritual growth, a lot of people get really overwhelmed because it, it tends to give us religious ideas. Well, I have to act this way, I have to act that way, I have to make this person happy, I have to make that person happy. You're never going to make everybody happy. I've, I learned that a long time ago. The best thing you can do is make God happy and try to make your spouse happy, and life will be pretty good. But I, I want to share something with you. We make spiritual growth so difficult when the truth is pretty simple. Prepare your heart to receive the word of God and let it shape your life. It's really what the word teaches. And here's the simplicity of it. God has prepared the seed. It has potential. It has power. God's done that already. That's his responsibility. My responsibility is to prepare the soil. If I prepare the soil and receive the seed, it'll change my life. You know, some people think producing fruit is like a chicken laying an egg. 
He's like, I'm trying so hard to produce fruit. You know what? Some of you need to relax. Okay? Some of us need to relax and just accept the seed, take care of the soil, and the fruit comes out automatically. That's what we miss. If you let the seed grow in your heart, it changes you from the inside out. You don't have to produce the fruit yourself. It's the seed that grows the fruit if we'll receive the seed of God's word. Sometimes one verse can change the whole course of your life. One little seed can change the whole course of your life. We need the seed of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, and it's been on the screen when we start this message, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof or correction, for instruction in rightness, that you and I may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, God says, I'll use my word to make you everything that I want you to be. I'll use my word and I'll make you everything it says that you are. I'll do that if you'll just receive my word and let it work. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, you know what? I, I feel like I'm a pretty good plant. I'm pretty strong. I, you know, I'm, I'm stable. I got my roots in the ground. I, I'm producing fruit. I'm doing good. So I, I guess I get a pass today. No, let me throw one last thing in. We should never stop growing. Never. I mean, I've been walking God, with God since I was about, really sincerely, since I was about 19 years of age. That's, that's more than nine years. And... <laughs> A lot more than nine years. <coughs> but you know what? God just keeps working. The Word keeps working in me. And it shapes me from the inside out. It's not the other way around. Religion shapes you from the outside. God's Word shapes you from the inside out. God wants us all to keep growing. Avoid complacency. This journey will never end. As long as you're alive, you're on this journey. God wants to be growing you and strengthening you and using you in greater ways. Then one last little nugget here. Some people are saying, well, wh why, why do I really need to do that? Why do I need to be concerned about the seed of the word and the soil of my heart? There's a lot to it, but let me give you a real simple illustration. In Matthew's gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7, we find the recording of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, a message that Jesus did, a teaching he did. It covered a lot of subjects. But when he finished his teaching near the end of Matthew 7, <clears throat> Jesus said, I, I want to give you two contrasting pictures. Here's what he said. The person who hears the word of God and then does the word of God <clears throat> is like a man who builds a house on a rock. And the storms come, the winds blow, the waves crash in, but the house stands firm. But then the second picture, he said, the foolish man hears the word of God, does not do it. That's the guy who hears the word, but he builds his house on sand, on other things, and the storms come and flatten it and wash it away. See, God says, I'll stabilize your life. I'll bless your life. I'll make you so strong that the worst storm ever cannot destroy you. This is what I will do in you if you'll just walk with me and trust me and take in the seed and put it in good soil. That's what he'll do. Doesn't mean there won't be challenges. Doesn't mean we don't face problems in life. Of course we do. But he leads us, he guides us, and he strengthens us to overcome the challenges of life that we face. So at my age, I don't want to be like I was at 19 anymore. I don't even want to be like I was at 25 or 35 or 45 or 55. We'll stop there. <laughs> Next year, this time, I want to be more mature than I am this year. Why? Because I want to keep taking in the seed of the word, keeping it in my heart and letting it produce the nature 
of God. In closing right now, last thing. You might be here today. Maybe you've listened to this. and you know, Maybe you're the guy, the seed's fallen by the wayside. You're on the run 90 miles an hour and you've heard some of this before. And it's like, oh, okay, fine, and whatever, whatever. But maybe today you've sat and listened to this. And maybe for the first time in your life or maybe the first time in a long time, maybe suddenly God's grabbed your heart and says, you need to hear this today. You know what? God loves you so much. He's got better plans for you than you have for yourself. And he wants to walk you into all that, but it starts with his word, the seed of his word. Maybe you've never even totally opened your heart and committed your life to him. Maybe you've never stopped and said, God, I believe the Bible is true. I believe Jesus is your son. He died for me. He was raised from the dead. He ascended back to you. And he now wants to wash away all of my sins and mistakes and give me his life forever and ever and ever. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never stopped. Maybe you've never started your walk with God. That's where it begins. Acknowledging who Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life. And by faith, responding to him. Starts with an act of the heart and then it goes to words. We call it prayer, but it's just words. Maybe God's knocking on your heart today and maybe you're sensing, man, this is true. This is the real deal. I need to respond to it. You do it with a prayer. God, come into my life. I want to pray with you and I want to lead you in a prayer and give you a chance to do that right now, right there where you are. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. Everybody here, you don't need to yell and scream the words, but everybody here, just speak these words out loud. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I accept him as my Savior. I choose him to be the Lord of my life. I want to know you. I want to learn your ways. I want to walk with you. From this moment forward, I ask you to be my father. And I'll be your child. I will learn your ways. I will walk with you. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've just been on the run and you realize today it's time to come back home. If that's you, prayer is so very important, but it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. I want to help you continue this journey, this walk with God. I've got a little tool I want to give you, a gift, a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's yours free of charge, no strings attached. Just a little bit of reading for the next week to help you understand what this relationship with God's about. I want to give it to you today, and there's two ways you can get it. When service is over, there'll be prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're just common, everyday people like you and me. They're here to pray with you. But if you just want to get the book, just come forward and say, can I get the book? They'll give it to you there, no strings attached. If you need prayer, you've got questions, they can help you with that as well. Maybe you're in a big rush today. If so, out in the lobby, just before you leave the building, right in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up there with the big screen. You'll see it out there. Get the same booklet there. Just walk up and say, can I get the booklet here. They'll give it to you. There are no strings attached. We simply want to help you start building a relationship with God. Hey, God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, that's the most important decision you make in life. Now, follow up and walk with God. Start your journey with Him. Can we put our hands together and welcome people into God's family today? God bless you. Church, this is the time that we have to to give, you know, I, that word was, was so good. And I know Pastor was, was speaking of, of spiritual growth, but the concept of, of the seed and planting it in the soil and watching something grow, you know, have you ever thought, what if a farmer didn't take, you know, any of the, the produce, any of the fruit and, and replant it? There would be nothing else the next season to grow. You know, and I think about as, as we give, it's the same thing. That God has given us fruit. He's given us something, and it's our job to, to plant it again, to nurture it, to allow it to grow. I think about how many people have gone ahead of me and prepared the way for me to be here today. I have kids in, in, the, in Bridge Kids today. Maybe you have youth in Bridge Youth right now. 
Maybe you've been a part of our men's or women's ministry and the amazing things that are going on, but people have prepared the way and they have invested in that for tomorrow, but also for today. And so what I want to encourage you as you give, know that you're making a difference right now and you're making a difference for tomorrow. Church, would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for entrusting us, Lord, to be stewards. God, I pray that as we give, Lord, it goes to further your kingdom. I ask, Lord, that it would multiply and increase. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you watch church news with me? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. My name is Ashley, and I want to give you a very special welcome. We're thrilled that you and your family are here with us. If you're here with us for the first time, we especially want to say thanks for spending your Sunday with us. We would love to meet you today and help you get connected here in the church. There's always a lot happening at The Bridge, and we want to help you get involved. So let's check out church news and see what's going on. Church, we value passionate praise and worship, and we believe in the power of prayer. That's why this year we will be continuing with our worship and prayer nights starting this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. I want to personally invite you and your family to come as we join with Bridge Youth for a powerful night of worship, and we pray together for our church, our community, our nation, and your individual needs. Child care will be provided for all children, infant through fifth grade. So make your plans to be here for worship and prayer night this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We look forward to seeing you there. We highly value our Spanish-speaking community here at The Bridge. In the coming weeks, we're looking to expand our Spanish translation team so that we can bring translation to anyone who needs it every Sunday. If you are bilingual and fluent or have experience with simultaneous Spanish translation, we would love to talk to you about joining the translation team. Stop by the Connection Center after this service and sign up. We will contact you and give you all the details about how you can join the team and be a huge blessing to the church. Thanks so much for helping us reach as many people as we possibly can. Connecting Point is happening tonight at 6 p.m. If you are new to the church and you're looking to find out more about the history, vision, and heartbeat of the Bridge Church, Connecting Point is the place to come. Maybe you've been a part of the Bridge for a while now and you're ready to take your next step and serve somewhere here in the church. We would love to meet you at Connecting Point. Or maybe you haven't quite put your roots down yet, but you feel like it's time to say that the Bridge is my home church. Connecting Point is the place to come. We want to meet you and help you take your next steps in church life. So make your plans to be here tonight at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all kids, infant through fifth grade. We'll also have complimentary coffee and snacks. And this is a very casual evening that lasts about one hour, and we want you to come. Just sign up at the Connection Center before you go today so that we can prepare for you. We hope to see you tonight at 6 p.m. at Connecting Point. If this is your first time at the bridge, we would love to meet you at the Connection Center right after this service. Our team's there to welcome you, answer your questions, and give you all the details about how you can get plugged in. Take a few minutes to stop by and say hi before you go today. We want to do our best to help you get connected in church life. You can also find additional info and stay up to date with everything happening at The Bridge by visiting our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Finally, if you made a decision to follow Christ today, please come and see one of our prayer teams and get your free copy of The Next 7 Days. You can also step by The Next 7 Days desk before you exit the building. Please let us help you get started in your walk with God. Thanks again for being in church with us today. Church, as you are getting ready to, to head off, I just want to remind you of a few things, and you may wonder, why are we saying this so many times? It's because it's important, all right? Connecting point. Tonight, we would love to see you here. If you have never been to that and you want to learn more about who we are and the vision and where God is taking us, 
this is for you. So you definitely want to be there. We do have childcare and we have free coffee. Come early for that, all right? It's at six o'clock. Be here a little bit early for that. And also this Wednesday, we have worship and prayer. You don't want to miss that. If you have a heart of expectancy and you are just ready for God to move, please, please come to this because we are believing God to do some incredible things. So please join us this Wednesday in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. Child care will be provided. Church, we love you. God bless. Have an amazing day.